We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, special guest, Justin Thomas of Nets Republic. Justin, how are we doing? Doing really good. It's Friday night. Nets have won. Six and one on this homestand. Uh, Let's get it, man. Spirits are high right now. The vibes are good. Yeah, taking care of business at home, something we could not say about this team last year. Like you said, 6-1 and one on his homestand, took care of the Hawks tonight, 121-16, was not pretty, but it was a win. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But I guess, Justin, for this game, what sticks out the most for you? Oof. Uh, to coin what Michael Kay said about the Yankees, it don't come easy. and it doesn't matter how you get the win as long as you get the win, and that's the most important part about it Um, because there was a lot of negatives. There's some positives, and I think, you know, we could touch on the positives. One, just starting right off the bat, the first quarter that Kevin Durant had, just setting the tone for this team offensively um, was great, and he talked about it, you know, in his, like, mini postgame right after uh, the game was he did get a lot of close looks at the baskets, you know, 10 feet, some layups, some dunks, things like that, and I thought him – you know, kind of just taking control, you know, really set the tone for the Nets offensively in that first half. Yeah. And I thought also he was getting the ball in some advantage situations where he already had a step or he was already moving. And I thought that was kind of the credit of, you know, Ben Simmons being back a little bit and making life a little easier for Katie, not having to create everything. But it's just like you, this doesn't get old watching Kevin Durant have a quarter like that. And then Kyrie had a, a little stint in that second quarter where he was catching fire too. It's just like, Ah, it's really nice to have two elite scorers on your team. And Katie was awesome. Uh, 34 points, 14 of 25 from the field, two of seven from three, four of four from the free throw line, four rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block, four turnovers. Like you mentioned, we was scorching in that first quarter. You know, the Hawks did a better job probably for the rest of the game, kind of pushing the ball out of his hands, sending double teams as soon as he got the touch, or just really shading a lot of defenders to his side. But Katie was still able to hit some clutch threes in that fourth quarter. And defensively, you know, he had an impact on this game because Nick Claxton was a late scratch with hamstring tightness. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the threes. They just weren't falling in that first half. Uh, I think at one point he was perfect from the field on twos. uh, And his only misses were from three. Uh, But like you said, huge, huge threes for for them in that fourth quarter. And and like you said, defensively, definitely had to step up with the absence of uh, 
Nick Claxton, I thought he did a, a very good job uh, in terms of his, his rim protection. You know, obviously there was some laps on defense uh, from not only just him, but the team. Uh, but overall, this is the the type of night you want from your superstar. I mean, honestly, I thought he was going to go for like 40 or 50 the way he started the game. Uh, he was kind of like a non-factor in that second and third quarter. I mean, like uh, as we alluded to earlier, Kyrie Irving was kind of taking the mantle in terms of uh, the offensive surge. But, you know, when winning time came, Kevin Durant got the ball in his hands and he delivered big time for the Nets. Yeah. And even a lot of plays in which he didn't score in that fourth quarter came to be a successful play because of him, because of the double teams he was receiving and making that pass. And there was a couple turnovers and bad pass in this game. And obviously you want to see that cleaned up. But as we've discussed in the past, when you have a usage rate like this and you're in charge of so much of the offense, turnovers are just going to come. So really happy with the way Kevin Durant played and moving over to Kyrie Irving who was also awesome in this game, finished with 33 points, 11-21 from the field, 5-9 from three, 6-6 six six in the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 5 offensive, 2 assists, and also did have 6 turnovers. But Kyrie is starting to really find his groove coming back from that suspension. I think back-to-back 30-plus point games. Yeah, this is exactly what you want. And I think the big thing, at least in for, for me this game, was the three ball from Kyrie. Like you said, five of nine. Um, it was something that had eluded him early in this season. The, the shots just weren't falling for him. But, I mean, you saw it tonight. He was in rhythm with his threes, even some heat check threes for, for Kyrie. Uh, it was a complete basketball game for Mr. Irving, Uncle Drew. Uh, you know, the six turnovers, yeah, you, you, you really want that to, you know, be trimmed down to like maybe two or three. But overall, this was one of the better Kyrie Irving performances, and the Nets definitely needed it, um, you know, from him tonight. Yeah, those offensive rebounds late in the game were huge. I mean, he's going in there 6'2", 6'3", and just fighting for the board, probably getting fouled, ending up on the floor and still finding a way to get it to his teammate or call a timeout. You you really like that. And I thought he was engaged on Trey Young. Uh, It's just a tough matchup for anybody in this league, especially the way they officiate. And I think some of the communication between him and Royce O'Neal was off in this game. But overall, like you said, this this is a good Kyrie game. And when you get good games from your two superstars, you're probably going to win. And that was the case tonight for the Nets. Yeah. And what I really, really, I think my favorite part about tonight's game from Kyrie late in that fourth quarter, that loose ball underneath the basket that he saved and gave the Nets yep. uh, the possession after the Hawks miss. Um, I, that, that is a winning play. That's a superstar winning play uh, from somebody that, you know, sometimes he, he gets called out for his lack of hustle sometimes. Uh, but right then and there that, that perfectly encapsulated the night that Kyrie Irving was having. Yeah, I think it's just that extra level of engagement. I think at times it's always been, you know, a question when he has a bad game and kind of, you know, sitting in the corner. But tonight that wasn't the case. He was trying to make every single play out there. And that sets the tone for the team when one of the star players is you know, diving for loose balls, fighting for rebounds and trying to engage defensively. That is really helpful for, you know, just the overall culture and vibes of the team. But I guess looking at some stats in this one, Uh, I guess moving over to a little bit of the negativity and why this game was really so close was the turnovers. The Nets had 21 turnovers. The Hawks did have 17, but the Nets are able to cut that turnover number down to even 15. They probably win this game by a good margin because they were shooting the lights out, shot 54% from the field and 44% from three. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, it's been the story of the season, right? You know, how many games have the Nets had double-digit point leads in the second half? And then, oh, look, the other the opposing team trimmed it down. Uh, it's Or the, the lulls that they go on in second, yep. third, or fourth quarters. And you can point to one thing, and it's definitely the turnovers. Uh, some of them are really boneheaded. I mean, the one of the ones that sticks out to me 
you know, I don't want to kill the guy because it was his first game back, but Ben Simmons, I think, in that first quarter where he tried to do that, like, kind of no-look drop-off pass to Royce, uh, and they got stolen taking coast-to-coast for a dunk. Um, and it's like, know, why are you doing that to Royce O'Neal? It's a different thing if you're trying yeah. to set up Kyrie or KD or even Joe Harris, but Royce O'Neal, a guy who's been very, you know, timid in terms of pulling up from three lately. Yeah, they, you know, t- there's, there's a time and place. And, you know, I'll, like I said, I'll never criticize a guy for getting like an offense foul for being aggressive like obviously you don't want moving screens but if you're driving to the basket you know and you, you there's, there's, a tr- there's a turnover there because of an offense foul I can live with that but I yep. can't live with boneheaded turnovers uh, another one that sticks out to me after Royce had a really really good defensive possession where he blocked the shot a line drive pass right to a Hawks defender yeah you know and it, and it takes away a fast break you know these are the things that that change momentum these are these, this is how shorthanded teams like the Hawks were tonight stick around into the game and what was a 13 14 point lead gets trimmed down to four and three and you're scratching and clawing for a win at the end of the game like you said i think that royce o'neill one really stuck out because it felt like a momentum play for the nets potentially and to just hand them the ball back and then essentially give them a layup that was just rough yeah and you know i'm looking at the box score now and i think i tweeted it out earlier in the game as well but the only two nets to not have a turnover this game uh, was Joe Harris and TJ Warren. Every single other net player that stepped on the floor tonight <laughs> had at least one tor- turnover, even Dayron Sharp, and he only played six minutes. Yeah, I mean, they're just sloppy, and I think a lot of them were mental mistakes. You know, the Hawks are not putting out great defenders. They're shorthanded, as we mentioned, you know, missing DeAndre Hunter, missing John Collins, missing DeJounte Murray, you know, just numer- Bogdanovich just coming back, and he was still hot in this one. And the Hawks capitalized on the turnovers. They had 29 points off turnovers. And like you said, that's how you let a bad team stay in the game. And not the Hawks, not that the Hawks are bad when they're healthy, but this group of the Hawks was not a great basketball team, and they still were able to hang on and took a lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, like you said, no DeJounte Murray, no John Collins. Um, you know, this, on paper, you think, okay, the Nets should cruise to, to a win. But if you've watched Nets basketball over the last how many years, you know that's not the case. You know, and, it's, and look, it's it, I know we just praise the guy, but it's not good to have four more turnovers and assists, and that's what Kyrie Irving had tonight. Six turnovers, only two assists. Um, you know, KD had the same amount of turnovers as assists. You know, obviously, when the ball is in in his, in his hand, turn as much as it is, and his usage rate is so high, turnovers are going to abound. But you know, you got to cut it down. It's, I think it's for, just the the ones where he telegraphs it. You know, the one yes. in which he tried to pass the ball to Kyrie, and he just almost was staring at him for three seconds. Yeah, Trey Young jumped it and got a, a layup in transition. It's just those are the ones you can't have. You know, defense is going to make plays, but you can't give them free plays. Yeah, the, you know, you got to cut down on the low IQ turnovers. You know, you you you, you can you can live with the uh, the opposing team making a great defensive play. You know, and I'm not you know I'm not going to kill the uh, guy for you know maybe getting stripped or something like that or getting blocked. But when you're just lazily throwing passes, telegraphing passes, that's when you really get in trouble. Yeah, and not to jump on Royce O'Neal, but another pass that really drove me nuts in this game was early in the first quarter. You know, Kyrie was trying to post up Aaron Holiday, which is not a necessary pass to make in the first place. But then he tried to feed Kyrie from the he was Royce was on the left elbow and Kyrie was on the right block and it really had no angle in the pass and tried to force it in early in the shot clock. And it's just like those are the plays that just really don't make sense and you just don't need to do. And that's that's costing you a good opportunity. And when you're such a great offensive team shooting wise, every possession matters. It does. It it it, it definitely does. Uh, but you know, I guess maybe sticking with the since since we've talked about him so much, we might as well just you know, 
hop onto the night that Royce O'Neal had. Um, you know, as for as much as we're killing the guy, I will say he had probably the most important, two most important offensive rebounds yep. in this game tonight. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. He's done, he did so many negative things in the game, but arguably two of the best positives. Yeah, he came up with nine boards in the game, finished with six points, two of five from the field, two of four from three, oh, a two from the free throw line, nine rebounds, three offensive, five assists, one block, three turnovers, uh, was plus seven. And like you said, there was a lot of frustration with Royce. You know, it's been noted on Twitter over the last week. You know, I think that mental fatigue is starting to hit in. You know, he's played a, a very high amount of minutes, especially considering how many he's played in his career. And you're starting to see some of the issues in his game. But also, I think at times in this game, Jacques Vaughn didn't do him any favors. You know, Royce O'Neal on Trey Young is a terrible matchup for Royce. He's not a guy that's super quick. And asking him to defend a shifty, you know, guy who's looking to draw as many fouls as possible is a tough ask. Yeah, like, and I think it's fair to say at this point, Royce is not a great point of attack defender. Um, yeah. And then having to be the point of attack defender on Trey Young is a tough task for even the best defenders in this league, let alone Royce O'Neal. Um, I saw you know, AJ, uh, Griffin, you know, cook him a couple times and I don't know a ton about his game, but I was surprised to just see a rookie come in there and just really go to work and even caught him a couple times with fakes in the paint. Yeah. I mean, you saw that we all saw the tweet earlier this uh, week from stat news that said like this particular rotation, um, uh, for the Nets was the, Best one in the league, I think, of of 100 minutes played, right? And the only the only person missing from tonight was a uh, Clax. But I feel like it's fair to say that Kevin Durant and 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 Nick Claxton have covered up a lot of holes yep. that have been made by Royce O'Neal and Joe Harris, and both of those guys tonight, you could say, were you know getting their ass handed to them by multiple players on the Hawks. You know, like you said, AJ Griffin, like there was guys I'd never even heard of. And I feel like I I know a good amount of rosters in the NBA, but there were some guys I never heard of that were giving these guys buckets. I'm like, yo, who, who are these guys? Yeah. Like Trent Forrest never really watched much of his game. He had no issue getting in the paint. And I think it's a great point you brought up not having Claxton, as I mentioned, was a late scratch with that right hamstring tightness. Hopefully it's a quick recovery. But now when you have KD and Clax on the floor, you have two shot blockers and two guys that you can kind of funnel to. And without that, there's no protection at the rim. And even the Hawks played some five out lineups where they have some really good floor spacing out there. And the Nets weren't able to stay in front of their guys. And that's going to be a problem. And some of that, I think, is just lack of engagement in a bad defensive game. But I think as has been noted this season, there is question with defensive talent on some of the positions and not having, you know, that elite point of attack defender. You know, hopefully Ben can get back to being that guy, but it would still be nice to add another one to this team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, speaking of good defense... I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out the job that TJ Warren was doing in this game. I mean, he comes in and immediately clamps up Trey Young, gets a steal, and then passes it off to Joe Harris for the layup in transition. Um, I think that's what that was the catalyst for the night. Uh, A very, very impressive night for TJ Warren. You know, 14.6 of eight from the field. You know, and slowly but surely, every single game that he's played, he's getting right back to his former self. I'm not saying he's Bubba Warren yet, you know, but. He has shown some very, very promising things in his uh, brief stint with the Nets so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm really happy with the way he's played. I thought it was going to be more of a slow grind in him coming back where just, you know, haven't played in 700 days, you know, not looking comfortable on the court. And yeah, the last two games probably weren't as good as, you know, that Raptors game. But tonight you saw him really find his rhythm, start to get some of those mid-range shots. He had that like spin-off fadeaway in the, in the, on the elbow. And that was just like, okay, you're, you're feeling yourself and you knocked down the three ball. And like you said, defensively, I've been super impressed with him. You know, he put the clamps on Trey Young, had some good possessions against Jason Tatum in that Celtics game. I think his defense is way further along than I expected. I thought that was going to be something that kind of slowly came back. I'm already excited to see when he can play 30 minutes because that seems like when it's going to be a real boost for this team because he gives you a true third option if he's healthy and he's proven that he can be a good defender and a solid rebounder. He he has. And, you know, especially with the offensive, you know, part of him being the third scorer. Uh, because, look, we obviously know Katie and Kyrie, even though they have the ability, they're not going to bulk off for 30 points every single game. You know, we're they're going to be t- nights where KD is only going to get you maybe 17, 18. It's gonna, obviously, we've seen nights where Kyrie, you know, is kind of lost in the shuffle. But having a guy like TJ Warren, who at any point could go off for 20, 25, maybe even 30 if he's feeling that night, it wonders and it opens up this offense tremendously you know because then you can even kind of play with different types of lineups you know we've talked about how oh we we may not be able to play Claxton and Simmons together but you know what as the season goes on and as Warren finds himself I'd be interested to see what type of combinations and what offenses work best with Warren like what type of lineups you know I thought he played played pretty pretty well in the lineup he was in with uh, Sumner tonight 
Yeah. I mean, I thought he he just has a really versatile game because he is a three-level scorer. You know, when his three ball is on, we know what he can do in the mid-range. And then inside, he's a physical player, so he can put some layups up. He had that nice lefty finish tonight. And then also had three assists, you know, and two rebounds and two steals. Just kind of fits in with the team and will adapt to the role needed. You know, it's it's going to be a big boost if, if he's playing this way defensively because now he becomes the guy that has to get in your closing lineup. And then that kicks out probably one of your lesser defenders potentially, or just like you mentioned, gives you that versatility in lineups. Now you can play bigger, you can play smaller. Now you just have this guy that can come in and do so many different things. Yeah. And you know, I, like you said, you know, he, he could possibly be some, be somebody that you put in your closing lineup. Um, my question to you is, is it something that maybe down the line, maybe come January or February, once he's really gotten into the swing of things, would you consider putting him, inserting him into the starting lineup, or would you feel more comfortable having him off the bench as that bench scorer? Yeah, I think it's a really tough question because you could see him be a six-man-of-the-year type player, but also if he's playing that well, why not start him? You know what I mean? Especially if he's playing well defensively. I think that was always kind of the bigger question. You know, how's he going to come back from the injury? You know, the defense in his career has been a little hot and cold. With Phoenix, he wasn't really good. But with Indiana, he definitely did his thing and showcased what he could do. And so far, he's been good in that department. So if he's playing good defensively, I think all it takes is kind of one injury or two. All of a sudden, he's in that starting lineup. That lineup wins a couple games. And now Vaughn's kind of faced with a decision. You know, what do I what do I do? And I think you just go with the best player. And I think he's proven that he can be one of the best players on this team when fully healthy. Yeah. I mean, having a guy of this type of talent on the contract that he's that on, minimum. I mean, you'd have, yeah, it's, it, it just, you have to, I mean, it, it opens the door for, for so many possibilities and it just makes it one of the better off season signings so far. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I think Matt Brooks tweeted this out saying something along the lines of like, this could be better than a Jeff Green signing. Yeah, it definitely can. I think I'm already like so farsighted sometimes that I'm already thinking about like, damn, like the Nets, how are they going to retain TJ Warren and Utah Watanabe <laughs> in the off season? Cause they, they can't offer, they don't have their bird rights. All they're going to have is tax member mid-level exception. And it already seems like both guys might potentially play out of that, but we'll save that conversation for another day. You mentioned Ben Simmons earlier. We saw him come back from his injury, six points, three or four from the field, seven rebounds, seven assists, four steals, four turnovers, three fouls. Ben looked really good in the first couple minutes. And then throughout the rest of the game was a little more hot and cold. Yeah. I mean, he started off the game with the first six points for the nets and you know, the first point of the points of the game was that nice uh, little finger roll layup right down the yeah. middle of the uh, lane. And I was like, okay. And then he had a little, another reverse lay. And I'm like, okay. Uh, he was playing really, really, I thought that was a, a really, really good first quarter from Ben. Uh, but, you know, the foul trouble kind of got him, kind of took him out of his rhythm, I thought. And he never was able, able to really regain it. Uh, but overall, if, like for his first game back after a few games off, I, I thought he played pretty well. You know, seven assists. Four steals really jumps off the page for me. So, like, like you see, he's engaged on the defensive end. Seven rebounds. Uh, so, look, you're not looking to him to score. So, nobody should really be that upset that, oh, he only scored six points. Like, that, that's fine. You know, I, I look more so for the assists, the steals, and the rebounds. You know, he's he's contributing at every level of the game. And, you know, would we have liked to see a little bit more from him? Yeah, but overall, I thought this was a pretty solid performance from Benjamin. Yeah, I think, like you said, you know, coming back, trying to find that rhythm in the offense and, you know, being that facilitator and trying to set guys up at times, you can still see there there needs to be another level of chemistry between him and KD and uh, and Kyrie. But 
you're happy with the way he played and kind of taking that next step. Jock Vaughn will actually mention after the game, and this is via Matt Brooks on Twitter, Jock Vaughn makes a very interesting point that Ben Simmons pushing the ball made it tough to get into zone Z, zone defense, which was something the Hawks were trying to use throughout the game. So I think that's an area you see Ben's impact is really pushing the pace and preventing the defense from getting set up. And it's those little small things that can make life a little bit easier for Kyrie and Katie and the other guys and getting those good shots. And obviously was on that minute restriction tonight too. Yeah, and, you know, obviously a lot of people have some reservations about small ball lineups, and that's what the Nets had to do tonight, you know, just because of the late scratch from Claxton. But I thought they looked pretty good. They looked they look pretty decent in that first quarter. Ben held his own. Capella really didn't do anything until really the second half, and yep. most of Capella's stuff was just kind of alley-oop slams, you know, from, from Trey or just, like, kind of small putback things. Uh, I'd be very interested to see more combinations of this small ball. Maybe you incorporate, you know, I'd love to see some TJ Warren, you know, some more TJ Warren and Ben Simmons minutes. You know, I don't know who the guys you would put around. Obviously, you'd have either Katie or Kyrie, but, you know, th- these are some things that, that Jock Vaughn can tinker with, and I'm excited to see. You know, the I think we've come a long way even in this short span of the season from where Ben was in the first two, three weeks to where he's been over the past, you know, week and a half, uh, you know, sans the, the games he missed. So, you know, every, every every game is an encouraging sign from Ben, and, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more. I agree. I think just seeing him come out with the right mentality in the first quarter is a positive, and then you just hope to see that continue more throughout the game. I think that, you know, Portland game and that Indiana game, you know, a few weeks ago, you saw him really look aggressive and attacking the rim, and I think there's still more opportunities for that. I think uh, I'll feel really confident when Ben and his mentality and scoring, when he tries to dunk on somebody, that's when I'll know <laughs> that he's like fully back. There was that play in transition where he ended up getting fouled and he wanted to drop it off to Kyrie. And part of me is like, Ben Simmons three years ago was throwing this down, or at least trying to throw it down. It's just at times still he's he's not looking to score when it's there for him. Yeah, a few years ago, Ben Simmons is dunking that thing, going straight to Instagram and posting four pictures of it with the <laughs> uh, angry emoji. You know, we yeah. never forget. The, the North remembers, all right? We all remember him posting that picture with, with I think it was Tyler Johnson in the background. And I'm just like, Ben, it's Tyler Johnson. Like, like what yeah. are you doing? But I would yeah. kill to have that type of Ben back. Yeah, it's just that mentality and just like attack mode and playing with that level of physicality. And obviously the injuries, it's going to be a little harder to trust your body, you know, the back injury than the knee soreness. So hopefully as the season progresses, we see him take those strides forward. But moving over to another starter, uh, Joe Harris finished his game with 10 points, four or seven from the field, one or two from three, one or two from the free throw line, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. What'd you think of Joe tonight? I thought he played pretty decent. I mean, he smoked a layup, so I was a little bit upset about that. But yeah, um, yeah that, he smoked that layup <laughs> and then hit probably his most difficult lay, layup attempt in the fourth quarter. Uh, and therefore, I'm like, there's no way. I mean, he went, he got some VC, got himself a layup <laughs> package because that was that was incredible. Uh, offensively, you know, Joe played how you expect Joe to play. I mean, only two three point attempts. Uh, so, you know, we're not, we're kind of not used to seeing Joe take this little three point attempts, but I thought he played well within the offense. You know, he was cutting, um, Ben hit him with a nice, uh, pass off a pick and roll early in that first quarter as well. So, you know, he did some things. My big thing about Joe Harris though, and I think you know where I'm going defensively, that man was food. He was chop liver. He was like, it was, it was crazy how every single Hawks player was looking at Joe Harris 
like uh, a a number six meal at Burger King. Like it was <laughs> it was insane. And the worst was was Bogdanovich. And obviously, I'm not taking anything away from Bogdanovich. We all know how good of a scorer and a basketball player Bogdanovich is. But at the same time, he is absolutely taking it to Joe. And I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. I, I, like I'm used to Joe getting cooked by like guys like Chris Middleton and things like that, but not not Bogdanovich. Yeah, uh, and it's it's uh, interesting too because Joe has played some pretty good defense over the last week or so. It seems like games where he's not allowed to play with any level of physicality, he just can't really defend. And you saw him get called for some of those like bump fouls on Trey Young in this one. Mm. And then from that point on, it was just like he go back. He went back to playing timid defense and kind of playing off of guys. And the reason that he had success, I think, this past week, and I think Jacques Vaughn talked about it after the Hornets game, was he was kind of playing more aggressive and trying to jump guys and trying to get them to pick up their dribble. And then you lose that confidence defensively, and then you're just not really able to disrupt the other team. And like you said, you know, it was numerous Hawks players going at him from Trey Young to Bogdanovich to Jared Culver who uh, you forget is still even in the NBA at this point, just finding ways to work. And I think offensively, three-point shooting-wise, the Nets need to do a better job of probably generating threes for him and Seth Curry, but also some credit to the Hawks because the way they play defense is they really stuck to shooters, and that's why you saw KD and Kyrie and different guys get so many layups in this game. Yeah, and I, I think Joe did do a very nice job of moving the ball on offense. You know, he we Joe never really forces things on the perimeter. Now, when he drives to the paint, eh, it might be a different story. But I thought he did a really good job of taking what the defense gave him tonight. You know, he's never going to really make those low IQ, you know, moves on the perimeter. Uh, like I said, he was one of two Nets players tonight without a turnover. So, you know, commendable job on his part. Uh, you know, so like I said, it's good good night for Joe. Not Not his best night, but certainly a night that contributed to winning basketball. Yeah, good, you know, did his thing offensively, defensively, could have been better in this one. But moving over to Daron Sharp, got some minutes in this one because of Claxton being out. Finished with zero points, 0-1 from the field, two rebounds, one block, one turnover. What would you think of Daron? He came in the game and had a, a moving screen two seconds into checking in the game. And I'm like, uh, yo, there's no way. But... It, it looked like he was trying to set a pick route in football. Like, I was just like, dude, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, I just, I just like couldn't believe it. And it's like, you're a really good screener. You don't have to do that. You know, what's really crazy is like out of the many years of me playing AAU basketball and then just playing, you know, winter leagues and things like that. I've never seen so many moving screens. And yet mm. it feels like every single night the Nets get called for a bunch. And every time day runs in a game, he gets called for at least one. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, and it's like, dude, I, you're a huge human. You can stand still and you're going to yes. be in the way. You just, just stand there. Just stand still like a statue, you know, just like. You're, you're frozen. It's like freeze tag. Just freeze. You're frozen. And then you don't move until the offensive player, you know, your teammate gets by you. But outside of that, I, I did think he kind of did make up for it. He had a really nice. He had a few nice defensive possessions, um, had a block. So, look, he, he did his job. The six minutes he was in there, he did what he needed to do outside yeah. of that moving screen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was minus two. He wasn't anything special, but he wasn't horrendous where you're like damn like we lost these six minutes by 10 points you know he did enough to kind of hold down the fort and honestly that was enough and i think the only complaint i have about him i think defensively now it's like he wants to show off that he can switch and he's very eager to switch with players even when it's not necessary even off ball sometimes and it's just like 
man, like you're still you're still a huge human. You're not going to be able to defend Trey Young in space. He did an okay job in some situations, but that's just not where you're going to succeed at this point in your career. Yeah, I, I do. I think I remember. I know the exact one you're talking about. I think it was on the wing, and I think the all the other player that around there was maybe Kyrie, uh, but he. I don't know. It didn't look like he waved him off, but it looked like he wasn't willing to switch. And Trey hit him with this step back. And I kid you, like, there was at least, like, 15 feet of space (laughs) when Trey. I mean, Trey missed the shot. But still, it's like you said, it's one of those, like, you you appreciate the eagerness of him wanting to take on those assignments. But at the end of the day, you got to realize that uh, you don't have the facilities for that big man. Yeah, exactly. You just need to play within yourself, especially early on in your career as you, you know, develop a little bit further, showcase some different stuff. But moving to Edmund Sumner had six points in this one, two of four from the field, oh, one from three, two of two from the free throw line, one rebound, three assists, had two turnovers and four fouls. But Sumner's just a baller. He just goes out there and plays super hard. And I think that's always something players, teammates, fans can appreciate. Yeah, as my guy DJ says, he plays honest hoops. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's somebody that when he's out there, he's giving it his all. Like you saw on that one play where he dives, got the assist to Kyrie, while also just falling over like two camera people, completely cut cut his hand. Yeah, didn't even know it. Played like two defensive possessions, was just leaking, and it's like, yeah, like this is somebody I want on my team. This is a guy I can go into the, into the trenches with. You know, is somebody that I know is not going to fold when the lights get brightest. Um, and he's, 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 he's another one of those signings where it's like, wow, like this is a really, really good offseason signing an underrated one that people that kind of flew under the radar for people. Yeah. And he's just kind of the perfect, you know, addition to this team and what they need, you know, solid point of attack defender had some good possessions defensively, offensively gives you that slashing, gives you a driver. Three-point shot is a little inconsistent, but, you know, he has nights where he's not bad from there. And then even on that dunk he had tonight, I was impressed to see him get up like that. You know, a guy coming off a torn Achilles, that was probably one of his most athletic plays of the season. And he's been athletic all year long. I did not know he had that type of bounce. I mean, like, I know he's athletic. He's he's quick as hell. But I did not know he had that type of bounce. I was like, okay. Like, a few, few guys tonight you know bought some vc you know you have joe harris buying his layup package you have sumner getting a back scratcher type dunk uh KD loki had one of his best dunks as a net i think tonight oh is it that double clutch one yeah uh, we this? haven't yes. really, he hasn't really <laughs> done anything like that i was like okay kd what to say uh 2k has better dunks for kd in the game than kd actually does in real life but i think this was one of those nights where it's like okay maybe the game isn't lying um yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> he, he can do it right but uh but no keeping it off sumner like you say he's he's he, he's 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 been perfect for the nets so far you know in, in the role that he's been given um you know he doesn't really make mistakes like that you know, you know all his mistakes he, are at 100 miles per hour Yes, you know, and, and I appreciate that, though, right? Like, if he's yep. going crazy fast in, in transition and he, and he misses a layup, okay, I, I can I can, I can live with that, right? Because he's, he's trying to make something happen. Um, but overall, man, it's it, it, it's nice to see that the Nets have, you know, this guy that can come off the bench in a, in a backup guard role or even play with, you know, playoff ball and just fit within the offense, fit within what the team is doing. And he's just so much different from the other guards. You know, he's a little bit bigger. He's more athletic, is more defensive minded, has athleticism, can finish inside and not to, you know, trash a player that didn't play. But, you know, the effort level and the engagement defensively compared to Cam Thomas is night and day with Edmonds. 
Sumner. And it's just like if Cam could, you know, understand some of the qualities that Edmund Sumner plays with, it would take his game to the next level and allow him to really be in the rotation and be effective even when his shot's not falling. Because Sumner could score two points and you could say he could have a good game. When you're talking about someone like Cam Thomas, if he scores, you know, two points and has one assist, it's not a good game for him. So I think that's where other players in the roster can realize like, hey, we can have an impact when we're not just scoring the basketball. Yeah, no, like like you said, you know, it pains me to 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 kill my guy Cam because I'm a big, you know, part of the Cam hive over here. But you know, like 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 you said, uh, I think sometimes you see it with Cam. It's like, all right, I need to score to positively positively impact my team. Whereas with Sumner, it's I just need to do anything I can to positively impact my team, whether it's scoring, whether it's on defense, whether it's hustle. You know, it it is what it is. Like a positive game for Sumner could be zero points, but he has three assists, he has two steals. You know, and he's yep. diving on the floor for loose balls, causing causing turnovers. So, you know, like like, like you said, you know, he does what he needs to do for this team. Um, and, you know, hopefully some other guys that aren't getting playing time right now get that type of buy in. Yeah, especially when the opportunity arises and say like, hey, this is why Vaughn is running with Sumner. These are some things I could you know, add to my game. But touching on the final guy of the rotation tonight, Seth Curry, 33 minutes, 11 points, three of seven from the field, two of four from three, two, uh, three of three from the free throw line, one rebound, two assists, one steal, one turnover. Seth is, you know, hot and cold offensively. It felt like he might cook in this game, ended up just kind of being a quiet night and defensively. He's one of the worst on the roster. (laughs) (laughs) A traffic cone is, uh, I think, what they call it these days. Um, Yeah, offensively, he he does what he needs to do. 11 points is kind of like the range that you kind of want him in, 11 to like 14 a night. Uh, You know, hit a few threes. One of them was was, was a pretty big one that kind of helped change momentum in that second half. Um, You know, and he's he's another one where it's it's nice when he's – doing positive things on offense uh but on defense it's someone that you need other players to help fix the holes that he creates uh it is pretty much it is what it is it kind of reminds me of like his brother uh but he's just not as much of i guess a ball hawk because steph does do a pretty good job of jumping passing lanes Uh, you don't really see that with seth per se uh but it's just another one of those guys whatever he gives you on defense is a plus but don't expect much yeah, it's like uh, Seth is just so much stiffer than Steph, uh, just in his movements in general. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, a difference in genetics or whatever it is. Also, Steph Curry is one of the best conditioned athletes, I think, in the entire world, where Seth isn't a, a bad conditioned athlete, but I don't think he's on the level of Steph, which allows him to kind of just use so much more effort consistently throughout the game. But, you know, I'm happy with his performance. Like you said, that 11 to 14 range, you'll take that any night, especially when there's been nights where the Nets have gotten like 10 points in total of bench scoring. And tonight we saw TJ Warren and Seth give contributions, which is, you know, a pretty nice, pretty nice thing to have. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, TJ, when he's healthy, he'll be a guy that could go for 20 or 30. We've already seen Seth go for, I think, 29 this season. So having guys like that off the bench that can really cook for you is a luxury. And it gives you maybe the opportunity as the team kind of, builds up to rest guys and tomorrow it already seems like tj warren is going to be rested would not be surprised if ben is rested we know utah is going to come back for tomorrow what are your thoughts on the rest and trying to find some minutes off for kevin durant or even a night off for kevin durant yeah i mean tonight was one of those where you were kind of hoping the nets would run away with it so that you know maybe you did have more availability availability for some guys katie played 36 minutes tonight 
Kyrie played 39. Second half of a back-to-back against a really tough, you know, scrappy Pacers team that just came off that 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 just won tonight against the Wizards. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel not to say it's one of those where you could pencil in an uh, an L, but it's one of those where it's you know, it's second half. You you'll see guys that haven't gotten a lot of minutes. I think lately get get a lot of minutes. We might see you know Cam Thomas get twenty plus minutes uh, tomorrow. I'm excited to see if if Utah comes back. Uh, get him some run. Patty could get some run. Kessler Roberts could get some run. Uh, but I think it's one of those where you, I think because you went six and one on this homestand, you're feeling pretty good about where you are. I think you're only three games out of the three seed at this point uh, in the loss column. It is one of those nights where not to say you can take it off, but I wouldn't see another 36 minute night from Kevin Durant. You know, yeah. and if we did, then I'd, hey, more power to him. You know, he wants to play every single minute of the game, but I just don't think that that's in the cards for the Pacers game. Yeah, he said as of right now, he plans to play, but he said to the reporters to talk to Jock. So (laughs) (laughs) um, we'll see what happens. I I think it's a possibility to rest him, but I think it'd probably be better off to rest him when you could have TJ Warren going or, you know, someone else to kind of pick up more of that scoring load. We'll see how that goes. And like you mentioned, the Nets are a game and a half behind the Cavs. The Cavs currently 16 and 10, and that's at 15 and 12. They haven't played the Cavaliers yet this season, so there's going to be plenty of opportunities to kind of chase them in the standings. And only four and a half back from the two seed behind the Bucks, So the Nets are quietly raising up in the standings. And I think one thing that stuck out with this team and you're starting to see as a positive is their ability to pass the basketball. 29 assists tonight on 45 made field goals. Not a crazy number, but... When that when that assist number is in the high twenties or low thirties, you feel really good about the shots they're generating. You do, and I I do really appreciate the ball movement that the Nets have. And you know sometimes the unselfishness gets them in trouble, uh, yeah. and it could and it sometimes does equate to turnovers because there'll there'll be possessions where it's like oh wow you know five six seven passes the ball's really kicking but yo you got to shoot that ball in the corner right yeah. you know you don't have to pass it again you can take that shot you know sometimes it, it results in shot clock violations or just you know the defense kind of picks up on where the ball is moving to and somebody jumps a passing lane but overall yes definitely love to see the ball moving from the nets the passing the assists uh it's all good you know it, everybody in the starting lineup had two plus assists um you know you had three assists from Warren, and three assists from sumner two assists from Seth Curry. Uh, the only person that didn't have an assist was Dayron Sharp tonight. So, and he only played six minutes. So everybody that played, you know, pretty much double digit minutes had an assist, which means they're contributing to helping the offense and you love to see it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great point, Justin, is the fact that everyone's involved and, you know, playing their part in the offense. And, you know, at times, like you said, guys passing up good three point shots. Uh, I'm looking at Royce O'Neal, but for the most part, you know, a lot of the times it's finding that great shot and setting somebody up to really succeed. And another interesting stat for the night, I think it's important to note, is the Nets won the rebounding battle, 46 to 43, without Nick Claxton going against Clint Capella, who is a good rebounder. Yeah, I love, I love that we won it. Am I, am I, am I a Scrooge? Because I'm just thinking the Hawks are missing a lot of size out there tonight yeah. with uh, Hunter and Collins and like even Murray. Murray's a, a, a you know, big guard. Not, not the tallest, but he's a big guard. He's got some long arms. So, um, you know, but I, look, we'll take a win is a win on the boards in, in the win loss column final score. It is what it is. Um, just the mystery of this Nets team, right? You know, you, you lead the league in blocks, but you know, you struggle on the, the rebounding bat struggle, struggle on the boards. But tonight, 
Went on the boards, especially in the offensive rebounding category. Big, big, big offensive rebounds down the stretch of this game. Yeah, and I think uh, that's a great point. And that kind of the reason I think the blocks are so high and the rebounds are so low is because you're asking your bigs to do so much defensively, and it's pretty difficult to block a shot and get the rebound or get yourself back in position. And that's where you know the hiccups pop up. Of you know you're asking you know Kyrie Irving or Joe Harris or Seth Curry to box out somebody who's six nine and up and it's always going to be a tough task. So it's going to be a lot of grind throughout the season. We'll see how that kind of progresses. But Justin, any other thoughts on this game? Uh, no thoughts on this game. I think my record now improves to two and one on the season. So yeah. um, I, I, I'm, I'm happy. You know, it's it's the, the, the vibes are good right now. I, it's I didn't know what we, what it was, you know, a month ago. I know like a lot of people were saying the roof, uh, you know, the ceiling's falling in, the sky's falling. But right now, Nets are playing some really good basketball and it's a good time to be a Nets fan. Yeah, I don't think at any point last season you were even at 500. So we'll nope, take never. two. We'll take, we'll take two and one and run with it. Um, I guess Justin, any thoughts that you have on this Nets team after you know this homestand going six and one? What type of you know takes do you have about this group moving forward? Well, I would like to see a little bit more concerted effort. I think the, the one thing that really worries me is the turnovers. I, yep. I think it worries everybody. That's something that a lot of boneheaded plays. Turnovers are things you can control. Uh, and the Nets aren't really controlling a lot of that right now is something I'd like to see change. But they're winning despite in spite of that. And I'd love to see what the team looks like when they have a night where they're only committing eight turnovers in a game, you know, um, where they're not going into these lulls. You know, I'd, I'd love to see nights where they can you know, get Katie and Kyrie only having to play like 30 minutes because they're sitting a lot of the fourth quarter. Um, but moving forward, it's and it's still a work in progress, right? There's still a lot of moving parts. Ben is still getting back to where he needs to be. TJ Warren is getting back into the flow of things. And same with the both shooters who are coming off of their injuries. So way to, way to take a way, way to, way to hold on the Ford at home, something they didn't do last season. Um, and just excited for what the rest of uh, the year has. And, yeah. You know, I think building off of your point of turnovers, I think it's just like mental engagement, you know, being focused for the entire game and building those habits. And it's when those old bad habits pop up, that's when you let those other teams get on a run. So trying to create those championship habits. And that's been something Kevin Durant's echoed since his first season with the Nets, even when he wasn't playing, saying this team needs to develop championship habits. They want to win. I think, the glaring needs are still there. You know, we know this team needs a backup center or a stretch five, whatever you, way you want to look at it. And they need another point of attack defender. You know, hopefully someone that can knock down the three and give you high level defense. We'll see if Sean Marks can make those moves. We know December 15th is when trades really start to pick up. And then January 15th is kind of another date to look at. And then we have the deadline in February. So a lot of progress, I think, has been made from where this group was at and where they even stand in the standings at the fourth seed and the potential to even get higher. And you want to just see them build on that moving forward. And like you said, Ben getting back. We need Ben on the floor with Clax to see if there can be any level of success there or how rash a move you need to make or if you need to move one of those guys or you can get away with doing, you know, the early sub of, you know, Ben or Clax out of the game and just kind of stagging their minutes throughout. So we'll see what Marks does and how this team kind of progresses moving forward. Justin, always a pleasure having you on. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.